What is going on, beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of Search for Consciousness. Today, I have the amazing Erica Lee, a very well-known medium and someone that will enlighten us today. So welcome on the show, and thank you for your time. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be fun. I had a lot of fun, you know, just chatting with you and, and getting to know a little bit about you. So I think this conversation will flow, and I'm just excited to have you. So thank you again. Oh, yeah, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. I always love listening to your podcast and all the guests you have and seeing everything that you're always putting up on Instagram. So I'm really excited to chat. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy. When you said yes, I was like, God is good. Let's uh, let's learn. Yeah, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, guys, so you're in for a treat. Get ready. Take out your pens and your pencils and, and start jotting down some notes. All right, my sister. So for my first question, we're going to break the ice with this. Can you tell us what it means to be a medium? Yeah, and that's a great question, actually. I love that question because when I say I'm a medium, what that means to me is that I can have a contact, like a communication with the consciousness of people that have died essentially or a lot of us say like have passed over or crossed over you know you've heard all those terms and what's so cool and so interesting is like i love how like your your podcast is called the search for consciousness and that's such an interesting thing to me because one of the things that makes that specifies being a medium or the act of mediumship is that it's like a communication with consciousness. And so one of the things that we communicate, what, what we say is like, is a consciousness that's incarnate or discarnate? Meaning like you and I, we're incarnate because we're like incarnated right now in our bodies. But like, you know, my grandmother who's recently passed, like she would be discarnate. She's no longer in a body, but she's still able to bring signs or communicate like through the blessing of other people. So that's how I would define mediumship is if you're able to, you know, channel consciousness or communicate with consciousness that's remote from you. Hmm. I like that. And specifically, I would say specifically no longer in a body um, because we are able to communicate with each other remotely, even if we're in a body, like telepathically with, you know, like my sister or something like that. So like that communication with consciousness that's remote can exist whether you're living or dead, but medium usually would indicate someone that's either dead or, you know, like, um, like an energy that's not currently in a body, if that makes sense, or if that helps. Not only does it make sense, I would like to add a little something to this, uh, conversation. I think you'll find this interesting. So I'm reading this book. Or I, I literally just finished it maybe 30 minutes before you and I spoke. And the last chapter was about dealing with death. So I found that interesting. I just, I noted it. I didn't think it was anything out there, but okay, fine. Last chapter is death. Cool. Then my friend, she messages me about a conversation about a man that tells his story after dying and what he saw. Now, that was also interesting. But the third piece that I was like, oh, this has to be a sign, right, was I was looking at my Facebook memories and literally 365 days ago, I was doing a post titled, what is death and how do we handle it? So, wow, that's pretty powerful. And to have all three of those things. And just right, just just happened just now. It's mm -hmm. like at that with that rate, it like even in medicine they say you have three things, and that constitutes a pattern. So it definitely suggests like the connection of the energy. I love it. I love it too. I appreciate you saying that. So I just figured that was interesting to add as you were talking. I'm like that. I have to tell her that because that was cool. But okay, cool. 
Now, my next question, and I know you did a video about it, and I want you to know this personally. You're the only person that I've ever saved a video on Instagram about. That's so cool. I love it. Oh, it's like wizard. I'm honored, Steve. But to be fair with you, I have to be honest. I, I never watched it because I'm scared, right? And I'm going to tell oh, you. Right, right. And I'm going to tell you why, because I think my house is haunted. So there's the video, I think you called it, What is a Ghost? And yeah. I was scared to watch it, but I figured I need to break free from my fear and just ask you. So can you just tell us what a ghost is? Yeah, absolutely. I'm so glad you asked because this is the biggest thing is that so it is so scary, but doesn't have to be. Because the thing of it is, is like we're so we're trained so much by society and by our bodies. So it's like, just like as, you know, as animals, as beings, like living, there's a part of us, like our biological engine that drives us to want to survive, right? That's why like in so many like trauma therapies and things like that, they say some people, they would prefer bad to the unknown if it's familiar because it's not the unknown so like as a part of our biology and how we're kind of conditioned it's like something that is unknown and on the periphery is scary anyway so then if you put on top of that like layer on top of that the fact there's so many things that like we don't necessarily know or that we're not experiencing now in this life when we're in our bodies we don't have a lot of contact with death, with the dead, with the afterlife, and it's unknown. So it's so storied in so many cultures across the globe about there being ghosts and having ghosts. And so we can really accept that there's a reality that so many of us for so many generations through so many cultures have this experience with the afterlife in through the vessel of what we think of as a ghost, right? But what makes it scary is both those things I was just saying, like our natural inborn fear of the unknown, but also because of culture, like all the slasher movies, all the stories, all, you know, there's so many fables, like stories of old, the kind of scare children and like Hansel and Gretel, like, you know, stories to scare you into behaving well and so many things. So it's natural for it to be scary for so many reasons, but it doesn't really have to be scary. And here's why. The thing of it is, when you go into a quote-unquote haunted house, many, many times you're picking up on what I refer to as like a psychic residue or an imprint. So if there was a place where there was a lot of intense activity over a period of time, whether it's like, you know how some homes you go into and you can tell like, oh, this is a happy home or just has like a good feeling or a good vibe. You can sense that because that energy has been building there in that presence for a long time. And then the opposite is true. You can walk into a house or, you know, a hospital or a building and be like, Ooh, I don't know about this place because for so long there's been so many, you know, there could be abuse or strife or struggle or death or anything that, you know, there's a lot of like emotional charge behind these things like whether it's good or it's bad and if we think of our memories we have really happy ones and then we have scary and bad ones and we have them so strong because there is that charge so that memory like that energy being built over years that presence can kind of create its own presence so oftentimes you pick up on a presence but it's not necessarily it's more you're psychically being able to receive the history of a consciousness in a place as opposed to a communicating consciousness that's there with you. And one of the examples I use in the video that I love to use is like, say, for example, if I like touch this wall and it leaves a fingerprint 
And then I go home tonight and then my colleague comes here in the morning and she sees my fingerprint. It's like, am I still there with her? No, I'm not. But my fingerprint is, which is like a record and a memory of my existence in that space. So most of the time, that's what when we are experiencing ghosts. A lot of times that's what it is. However, there are times when an actual spirit you might be able to communicate with in a space. And a lot of what that's about is like, as you yourself know, Steve, like the power of consciousness is so vast and we're always learning so much about it that there's only, we only have like a limited awareness, right? But if you think about it, like, you know, if you're free of a body and you can communicate with anyone or be anywhere, like, why wouldn't you have fun with it? And if there's a place where somebody always loved to be, of course they'd want to visit and check out who's there. And it's not uncommon, like spirits know if you're receptive to them. Like if you can pick up on them, if you can communicate with them, whether you want to by your intention or whether you have the natural gift so that if you're in a place and you sense a presence your emotional connection will enhance that and you know that then in that case there it might awaken their consciousness to be aware of your consciousness and then they may choose to come there in that moment and connect with you hmm. So I don't know if I clarified that or if I convoluted it. So feel free to ask me any more questions, but does that make any sense? I think it makes perfect sense. And it also segues into my next question, but, but I want to see if I'm understanding you. So I'll do my best to like synthesize your, your information. What I'm understanding you saying is that it can be both, meaning that there can be an actual presence or it can be the residual leftover energy from an intense experience and it's funny that you said that because in this house i would say it's both it's yeah I, I walk in and i feel it and then i've physically have seen it been touched by it all that and i didn't, I didn't want to get into this in this episode but it's interesting that you said that now it's perfect because my next question to you was kind of two-part how did you know you were a medium and can anyone be a medium yeah, that's awesome. Both great questions. So the funny thing is, I knew I was a medium when I was a really little kid, but I didn't really realize it by the same token. Because you know how when you're so little, like kindergarten age, like your experience, as far as you know, that's the whole world. Like as far as you know, everybody's living the same kind of a life, you know? And so what the biggest thing was, so my dad, his parents died when he was little. And so they never met my mom. And being, you know, the typical Irish guy that he is, he never really talked about them at all. I just knew that their names and that he loved them and that they were my grandparents and they were dead. That's it. And but the family house where they had lived and where they were living when they died um, was still in the family. And so we were there all the time. And I was always growing up in this house. And so I would see my grandparents in the house, particularly my grandmother at that time. And um you know, of course, my parents were just like, oh, your imaginary friend or, you know, they didn't like think that much of it. Like I was very, you know, they just thought I was really creative and dreamy or what have you, which makes sense. I mean, a lot of parents would think that. But then I was starting to mention these details about my grandparents that like nobody, I mean, my dad knew, but and my aunt knew, but my mom didn't even know because she never met them. So like things that like no, like we were never told that started to come out. And so that's when my parents were like, oh, something is really going on here. But when I was at that age, I thought it was normal. Like I thought everybody had this because it's like, you know, if you're a kid and you're great at basketball or you're a natural artist, like you're not thinking 
that you have some weird quirk or some unusual talent. You're just thinking, hey, this is me. This is Steve. This is Erica. This is life, right? And so then when I went to kindergarten, I told this girl in my class, it was like after Christmas, it was just after Christmas, and I told this girl in my class, I was like, oh, your grandma's so happy that you got this glow worm. And she started to cry because apparently the grandmother bought her this gift before Christmas, but the grandmother also died before Christmas, so she got it after the grandmother died. And so that's when I realized that it was kind of like a weird thing, like other people like don't do this and aren't like this. So... But that kind of segues into your other question of, is everyone a medium? Can anyone be a medium? And my answer is definitely yes, because what I've experienced just going through life with this and meeting people and having students and teaching people mediumship is that I feel my philosophy is it's like so many other like natural kind of talents is that everybody has it, but it kind of exists on a spectrum. And a lot of it's about like your intention with it or how your interest and, you know, everybody has the ability. Some people might have it more than others, but what really makes the big difference is how much you want to train it and how curious and intrigued you are. And so I always say to people like, okay, Anybody can learn to play football, but maybe not everybody is going to be Tom Brady. But Tom Brady wouldn't even be Tom Brady if he wasn't, like, training for years. And on the other hand, even if you're never going to be like Peyton Manning, you could still have fun playing football in your backyard. So my philosophy is everybody has it to some extent, and everybody is at least able to train it to such an extent where, like, they can get their own advice, they can harness their own intuition, and they can get signs from their own loved ones, definitely. I love that. And... It's interesting because I've spoken to Dr. Linda Howie, which is big into the Akashic Records. Yeah. So I think that somewhere down the line, it started with mindfulness. And I started to get into other things because it's a big umbrella. And, and it kind of opened up that door of, I guess, exploration. But I will say that even as a little, a young wizard... I knew that I could feel things. So, okay, so I'm not going crazy. So thank you for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely not. You got it. That was that was interesting too as, as a young woman. So you were five years old when you, basic, five or six years old. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Cool, cool. All right, well, thank you definitely for saying that. You answered that. My next question is this. What do you say to people that don't believe in your craft? Like, how do you handle that? Well, you know, I'm glad you asked because most of the time it's funny because actually when I was on that show... Um, the first thing when I arrived and they started filming, one of the, one of the guys said, Oh, I don't believe in anything you do. And I said, that's okay. I'm just here to do it. And that's basically my thing. Nobody, you don't, you know, it's like, you don't have to believe in it for it to be real. Hmm. Like I could tell you like, Oh, I don't believe in penicillin. Right. But that doesn't mean it's not curing strep throat all over the world. So even though it's like there is there is things like placebos and nocebos and those are real phenomenon, but by the same token, it's like we're all living in different realities all the time. And a lot of perception is reality. But the thing for me, because it took me a while, even though I had this since a child and I always knew it was real for me, it took me a while to really accept it as a reality on the whole. Well, one of the biggest things that made me understand and be aware of and realize the reality of it was, I guess, two things. One thing is other people saying things to me that they would have no way of knowing. Or one, actually, one example I was talking about today was when I was in school, when I was in college, 
as a teenager, my roommate's mom um, was a homeopath that lived in Colorado on a horse farm and, and very, you know, into like yoga, meditation, all these things that we're interested in now. And she came to visit and she looked at me and she said, she said, you are so psychic that you're going to work as a psychic, as an adult, and you're going to work for the police and, and all of these things. And I was like, lady, I, I don't know. I don't think so. I didn't think I was that psychic, and I didn't even think I saw that for myself. So she was getting this information from somewhere because it wasn't even on my mind. And when she said it, I didn't even really believe it. And I wasn't saying, like, you're out of your mind. I mean, I like to think I'm more polite than that anyway. But I was thinking, I was like, oh, that's interesting. I thought it was interesting, but I just wasn't, I couldn't imagine it. And yet here it is true. And so people have said things like, I remember too, like I went for a reading with someone and the reader was like, oh, I see you working at this job and I see you dating this person again from your past. And I was like, no way would I ever get back with that guy. And I don't see myself working that job. And then lo and behold, in six months, I, both of those things were true. So one thing for me, is like even through other people things that I never believed that ended up becoming true or were true and I didn't even know about it and the thing for me too personally in my work is that some things have come to me when I'm working or when I'm connecting with spirit in this way and I'm just like ugh. I was like you know what this is the craziest thing ever so I'm just gonna say it I'm just gonna throw this out there and like one example like this probably has to be one of the wildest things is this woman, I was like, you know, your grandfather is telling me about like some chicken that was choking, but he named it after his wife and he did an operation on the chicken. I mean, have you ever heard about somebody naming a chicken after their wife and operating on it? Like, it's crazy, right? And she was like, yes, yes, my grandfather had all these chickens and he named his favorite one after his wife and he was a thoracic surgeon. And I mean, that's so wild. You couldn't make it up. Like, I'm not that creative. You know what I mean? And even if I am, it's obviously not coming from me because it was all true. So it's like more like about, I think it's what it is about like those kind of wild things and the repetition of them over and over. It's It really says to me that something's happening. I mean, we're definitely getting remote information from the ether, like what's in the ether. But it's that consciousness that we talk about that's obviously like sending us this information. And I just tell people like they don't have to believe in it for it to work. It will help. Like if there's something wrong with my car and I go to the mechanic and he says, lady, you need a new transmission. And I'm like, screw you. And I drive away. The transmission's not going to get fixed, you know, but at the same time, like I don't have to know anything about transmissions for it to be able to be fixed or for it to break. Do you know what I mean? I do. No, I think it's interesting because like, I don't want to say I was a skeptic, but I think naturally i was just defensive to things i didn't understand and as i've gotten deeper into this path like i was telling you earlier it literally is a master's class and i'm just learning from so many different people so i've definitely widened my view on what this is that i'm doing and i've even changed the podcast like when i first started it was actually called just the radio check like i'm just checking in you know radio oh, check but i love it but it evolved thank you and it evolved to the search for consciousness because who am I to tell anyone that my truth is truth? I just share. So. Yes, exactly, exactly. And I think that's the best way to look at life and, and everything because we're always learning more. Like even science is always evolving. So it's great. I think that's the best way to be is to be open and just receive whatever is there for you to receive. But I do agree, though, to add on to what you're saying, that more and more people are becoming receptive to this because I think – 
it's just like the timing of it is perfect and more people are tapping into mindfulness and spirituality. So people like us, I guess, can be a little bit more accepted. And, and honestly, I don't care if I'm accepted. As long as you accept me, we're good to go. Right. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. So you did mention briefly the travel channel and I wanted to focus on that because that, that sounds like fun too. So can you just kind of tell us about a little bit of what you did on the travel channel, how that happened? Like, like just paint the picture for us. Yeah, absolutely. It's kind of a cool story. I got this email and, you know, this lovely woman had written an email. She's like, oh, this may seem kind of random, but, you know, we're filming a national show and we're looking for a local medium. Are you interested? And I was like, hmm. And I was like, well, I can't say I'm not intrigued. So I just was very genuine. I emailed her as I always am. I just emailed her right back. And I said, well, you know, I'm happy to like talk about like what you have in mind or if you have any questions for me, like, cause like you yourself say like, you, you know, I mean, it can't hurt to know more. So I was just like, yeah, like I'm interested to hear more about the project. So then she emailed me and she didn't really say, they didn't really say that much about like, they didn't tell me the location where it was going to be filmed or anything like that. She just said, like, oh, there's a show we're doing, and we just, like, want to investigate some places, and we want a medium for that. And so I was like, okay. So, you know, we had some conversations. She, like, filmed me talking to her and things like that for the network. And then all that they said at that point was, okay, we're going to contact you when we're in your area, and we think it's going to be around this time. So I didn't even know where I was going. I knew it was maybe going to be, like, within, like, a 10-day window. Like, I just didn't know. So then they just called me up, and they were like, tomorrow's the day. And then they didn't even tell me the location even at that point. So what they did was they told me like this coffee shop. So I went to this coffee shop and that's where a production assistant met me to drive me to the actual filming. Hmm. So, and which is cool though. Like I'm glad that they did it that way in a sense because that way, like, it's like, I knew absolutely nothing about where I was going to be going or anything like that. So I couldn't, my mind couldn't get involved. Like it mm -hmm. just was totally like spontaneous, like you're there and that's it. So I, you know, we went there and as soon as I got there, they were like, okay, you just do your thing and we're just going to follow you around with these cameras. So I was like, okay, cool. So I just like went from like room to room and I told them like whatever I was getting or whatever I was picking up on. And it was super fun because it, it ended up that it was in this old theater, which was great. It was so much energy and kind of going back to what we were saying before, like when you go to a place, there's like this like imprint of energy of experiences. And you can imagine a place that's over a hundred years old that houses like hundreds of people at one time. There's like so much energy there. So it was a lot of fun to just happen to whatever was coming up and just like stroll around this old place it was really cool and it was just like a really fun experience i really enjoyed it that's awesome yeah that sounds like a lot of fun and and i'm glad that you were a part of that and i hope that that continues that sounds like like a lot of fun so god bless you for that one yeah thanks thank you it was fun so I want to ask you a few more questions. I think, you know, I think we've covered a lot and I'm very grateful for your knowledge, but I, I want to steal some more of your time. So what if, and I hope you're not offended by this question. This is just kind of like my understanding. If, sure. How do you handle someone saying what you do is evil? Like, how do you, how do you feel about that? Oh yeah, that's a great, that's another great question because I get that 
I don't want to say often, but it's not uncommon. It's definitely not uncommon. And I understand that that's a lot of people's background. Like, you know, like they're religious or growing up, that's their belief structure. And um, I feel, but for me, I feel like, not to sound too lofty or crazy or anything. Like I said, anybody can be a medium. So, But I feel like it's a gift from God in a way or the universe. It's just, I feel that it's not evil. I feel that it's good because there's so many people that have been so helped and healed by it. And not just by me, but by other mediums and just by even, um, you know, be, even people that I know that like have had a really traumatic loss in their life and then they've come to a medium and then their own mediumship abilities have opened up. They've met other people who have had traumatic grief and they've been able to help those people by telling them about their experience. So I feel that it's actually not evil. I feel like it's something that's here for us to help each other on this path while we're in this body and in this life. And I know that some people feel very strongly about it. I get a message from a woman, and this was probably the best message I got about that because she said, you say that you can talk to the dead, and I really believe I believe that that's true, and I believe that you can, and I also believe that you really think that this is a gift from God, but I but but you it's not it's 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 from the devil, and the devil is what's making you think that it's God. And I thought, oh well, that's really interesting. That's probably the most circumspect perspective that somebody shared with me of that school of thought. And so in that case, I just said, oh, well, thank you for that, for food for thought. I would definitely reflect on it. Um, and not to say that I said I would reflect on it because I do believe it's evil or I thought that it might be. But I just thought it was like a very well thought argument. And I was appreciative that she said it in that way instead of just being kind of attacking or you know, it was pretty articulate. And so I do appreciate that people have these beliefs. It just doesn't happen to be mine. And I think the biggest thing at the end of the day of whether this ability is evil or not, I don't ever use it for harm. And so many people have told me how much good it has brought to their lives. So even if it is an evil gift, it, it has a, it has a positive and good benefit. So how bad could it be? Well said. And it's funny you said that because like as I become more and more spiritual, that's one of the questions that my girlfriend has asked me, like, because I'll get like, quote unquote, downloads or, or I tap into energy. And at first she would say like, oh, that's scary. And I would say it's a little scary. But how is it evil if it's been nothing but good in our lives? Like everything that I've been receiving or or literally even if it's just listening to your own intuition whatever i've been guided by has been fruitful so so i'm 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 in the same boat as you i just want to understand how to think about these things and 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 basically how to for lack of a better word defend your views without offending other people right absolutely yeah so that's that was, a great question yeah and and I, and I appreciate you being open and honest i was a little scared to ask you that i'm like i hope i don't offend her so so thank you for that my sister Definitely. Absolutely. So I think we'll wrap it up with this. We had a great conversation. I had a lot of fun. And and if you would like to go live one day on Instagram and do this, we can. You let me know. Yeah, definitely. I'd love it. And we'll have some fun just, you know, asking each other some questions. All right. So so I'm slowly getting into crystals and gems and all these cool things. So as you can see, I got some on me right now. Yeah, it's awesome. My question to you is. I have one here too. Oh yeah, let's get it. So so my question to you is would you say that crystals, gems, do they aid you in this process? Have they helped you or are they non-involved? 
glad you asked. So I would say both. I guess I would say yes to both. And it's kind of a funny answer because it's like, how can both be true? But what I would say to you is like when I was, well, obviously when I was a little kid, but even as a teenager, well, that's a funny thing. So like when I would give so many readings and contacts for people growing up, you know, I would never have any crystals with me or on me or around me. Right. Which just tells you like, you don't need them at all. And if they help or not. But the funny thing is when I was little, my aunt opened a crystal store in Connecticut and I was so drawn to all these crystals. And whenever we would go to the beach, I would want to take every rock. So I definitely had that attraction always whenever I was exposed, even as a kid to like, minerals and rocks and then even now so like I do have crystals and I really enjoy them and I think the biggest thing like selenite is one crystal that I love and there's something about it that's meant to be very like relaxing and cleansing and purifying there you go see there you go exactly and I love that and I'm a huge fan of it and I feel like my biggest philosophy that applies to crystals and to so many things is like if we think it's helping us it's helping us just by the nature of thought and i would really love if there if i could like connect with or find out if there's more studies about crystals because i'd be really interesting to see those i know that when i was um in high school in a math class i was in like this advanced math class but i feel like i was not doing a good job at it so i decided i read this book on hypnosis i got this crystal and i like programmed this crystal and i went from having a d in math to having an a now is that the power of consciousness and our mind probably and it could be but but even so just the fact that i had this crystal and i was like okay i'm putting this consciousness in this crystal, whether actually the consciousness went into the crystal or not, I can't say, but just the fact that I had that as an anchor and I believed it helped me. So again, it kind of goes back to the question, is it good or evil? It's like, well, are they helpful or not? Well, if if they're helping us, they're helping us. And the proof is in the pudding kind of. No, it's so funny you said that because people will ask me like, why do you wear these? And at first it was like a, kind of like a reminder to stay grounded. And as I've matured, quote unquote, in this field, I would say I appreciate them, but I'm not going to say that I can't be Stephen Rivera, the mindful wizard without them. So it is an interesting, um, I would say an an interesting addition to what we already do, but not necessarily like the be all end all. So definitely thank you for that answer. That was cool. Yeah, that's how I feel too. Definitely. Like it's a great compliment, but it's not a necessity. Well said. Uh, I guess I guess you and I are aligned on that. I agree. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, so I appreciate your time. We're gonna definitely wrap it up. But I just wanted to know yeah. how can we find you if we want to reach out to you if someone wants to get a reading. Like what what's the best way to find you and reach you? Yeah. Thank you so much for having me, and I really enjoyed it. It was a great conversation. Let's best see. way I would say a couple of best ways are Instagram and email. And for my emails and my Instagram. Um, that's probably not only is that the fastest way to get back to me, but I individually, like I'm the one that answers all my messages. And so it's the same for both. So my handle on Instagram is at Erica Lee medium. And that is also my, my email is just Erica Lee medium at gmail.com. All one word, all lowercase, just like the handle and the, yeah. So just like hit me up on the gram or send me an email. And I'm always excited to hear from people, whether you want to book a reading or you have a question about spirit, anything I'm around anytime. So definitely, uh, yeah, come find me. All right, guys. So, so you heard it here first. Erica Lee, that was fun. I had a lot of fun uh, just listening to you. I don't know if you could tell by the smile on my face that I feel like we got some good information. But but definitely thank you again. I would love to have you either on another podcast or a future episode. 
uh, you know, live sessions. So just thank you. And I appreciate you. Yeah, of course. Definitely. Thank you so much. I had so much fun. You had awesome questions. I loved connecting and definitely we will definitely be in touch. Thanks so much, Stephen. My sister. Be well. Thank you very much. Guys, episodes dropping every Sunday at four. Stay beautiful. If you want to donate, go find that support button, show some love. And I just dropped the book. So it would be nice if y'all buy that too. Holla and have a blessed day. Erica, thank you again, my sister. Yeah, thank you.